On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now wherever you get your podcasts. There's a real buzz of excitement about Saturday's doubleheader. It's probably, the, for the first time this year, there is a bit of anticipation. Looking forward to a football weekend. You know, we had a couple of shocks, obviously, Tipperary's wins over over Cork and over Galway, but largely it's been, it's been pretty pedestrian, I think, this year. And um, we've had to get this far before we've had, you know, games that actually matter against teams that have designs on going all the way and I suppose that's what we have on Saturday night about Dublin I think there's probably of all the teams Dublin could have drawn in the quarter final Donegal are the one that sends a bit of a chill through the capital like it's just it's the nature of that simmering rivalry over the last few years even in league games have had between the two um, so yeah no, there is certainly a crackle of anticipation in the air I think this week Alan are you feeling nervous this week uh, you're not playing obviously anymore but you were there in 2014 yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say nervous, but as Connor said there, certainly if the games Donegal are the one team that, that that's kind of have that ability to, to to strike fear into into dubs now. I think stemming from 2011, that, that game that shell shocked us all, and then in 2014 when they when they kind of caught us by surprise and, and got the three goals against us. Um, so yeah, look, I think it's 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 certainly not a gimme for Dublin. Um, Donegal are. are, are going okay at the moment and I think this is the game they'll certainly be looking forward to as well and they have the players that can hurt Dublin if they play the game the right way certainly And do you think that trepidation in the capital is it partly predicated on, on Donegal's reputation as much as as much as their form in recent weeks? Yeah I think it's like Stanley from Junior Guinness again they built this aura around them and I think the players have continued it on in, in Rory Gallagher's reign and they, they just kind of have this mystique about them that, that on their day they can beat anyone they can they can shut any team out if 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 it, if they really want, to. and I think that's what that that's what the Dubs would be afraid of, that this will come down to a, to a game, but it's a real stalemate. And obviously, Dublin will want to play football, and Donegal have have the ability to stop them doing that. Michael, uh, Alan, just looking at last weekend, probably Donegal probably didn't play as defensively against Cork as we would have been used to. Are you expecting them to go back ultra defensive on Saturday? And are you expecting some sort of curveball thrown in there from them as well? They're going to need something different probably to get over the line. Yeah, I think they will. I think like Rory Gallagher is a very shrewd operator, and, and continuing Guinness was in charge. He was obviously his his he's his right hand man, and whatever's happened between them since. But he's he had his fingerprints all over that team in 2011 and. 2012 when they won the All-Ireland so I think they will be more defensive than, than they were against Cork I think they might have been holding something back a little bit in that game and could have got a couple of goals there certainly um, 
at stages in that game. So I think they they, they they certainly looked a little bit more open than they than they had been previously. But I think on Saturday evening they will revert back into their, their really solid defensive structure. Yeah. I think Dublin will find this will find it hard to break down. They have to be very patient. I just think on the Cork game, there was two very different games. If you look at the first half, Donegal actually moved up on Cork's kickouts and tried to contest them. Uh, and Cork got an awful lot of joy just from kicking long kickouts into midfield and trying to win you know, two in every three breaks and, and open up for a score. Second half, every time the ball went over the end line, every time um, Cork put the ball down for a kick-out, Donegal evacuated the area. They went back right inside uh, their own 65. And like the proof of it was in what the Cork score in the first half, one eleven, and I think four points in the second half. So like when they did shut it down and they did force Cork to play the game on their terms, there was, I mean, there was no, there was only one winner, you know. And I know that Owen Cadigan got a bit of a, a bit of criticism for his performance on Paddy McBrearty, but like it wasn't even that he was winning, you know, forty, fifty yard passes out in front of him on his chest turning and putting it over the bar. His movement within the kind of the wider Donegal movement was such that he was just really, really hard to mark. He was just getting balls on a wrap around. Uh, somebody else, one of the really smooth ball carriers, either Ryan or Owen McHugh, were making space from, and like once he got it, like his snapshots were really, really good. But I'm not sure anybody could have marked him the last day. Interesting this week, Barry Carroll said it, and uh, Jim said it. Jim Gavin said it yesterday morning too that they're expecting something different from from Donegal. Now, no one had went so far as to say what that might be. Um, I'm just wondering if Alan has any thoughts on it. Like, you know, people are talking about these twin towers thing. You know, they, they might put uh, Neil Gallagher isn't fit now, but. They, they might throw in a couple of big men at the edge of the square. Like I'm just wondering what could Rory possibly do that we haven't seen a version of already. Yeah, well, I certainly hope. Like there's obviously there's a couple of question marks over Dublin for back line at the moment. I'm not sure James McCarthy. We're told he's fit. Um, I'm not sure if knowing Jim's form. I'm not sure if he'll start him coming back from an injury like that. So they're missing three all stars in the back line, and I like, 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 I really think Rory Gallagher has to play Michael Murphy in there for a sustained period of time if they want. Him. If they want to win this match, I think Philly McMahon might be capable of doing a job and Paddy McBurty if he if he uh, if he's on form on Saturday evening. So I think they're they're going to need something special from Michael Murphy to win the match, and also probably from Ryan McHugh has been going well. I think he's in the top two or three players in the country at the moment. And just watching him the last few weeks, as, as Connor said there, like his 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 ball carrying is unbelievable, and I think he he has the ability to hurt Dublin as well. But I think starting off, we will see a very solid defensive structure from from. Donegal, I don't think they'll want to concede early and um, I think there could be shade in 2011 in the first half in, in this game on Saturday evening. Speaking of 2011, Alan, as a player, can you give us an insight into what it was like when uh, the whistle went and Donegal set up as they did that day? Yeah, we knew they'd go defensive but we had no idea they were going to go that defensive and like like our performance in the first half, et all, we were We were completely shell-shocked by what happened. We couldn't get our heads around it on the field at all. And we really struggled with it. And um, Tony Gall had a chance, Conor McFadden had a chance straight after half-time. He could have got a goal and that would have put them four or five up, I think. And it could have been a long way back from us from there. But um, yeah, it was very strange. It was, it, was, it, it was certainly the worst game I've ever played in, if not as a spectacle and as a player, if not... The worst game that's ever been played. <laughs> and have you have you ever played in a game where where there were boos during the match? Whatever about at the final whistle? Yeah, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Like when you're playing, you're not really taking much notice of that. To be honest, you're trying to figure out what's going on. But it was it was it was hard to play against. There was no space at all. I remember having a couple of couple of half shots, and you were trying to get the shot off so quick before you got closed down. And um, look, I nearly did the job for them on the day. They've obviously refined their game since then, and they've added the. the 
really strong attacking element into it. But it was uh, yeah, it was certainly a very very strange game to play, and not one certainly not one I hope to see on uh, I hope to see on Saturday night. And do you think it was the makings of Dublin, or was it a, just a case of it's a game we just have to get over somehow and move yeah, on? I think it was. I was talking about during the week. I think it's a game we just had to win that game. Like I'd lost four four on Ireland semi finals at that stage, and there was a couple of lads in the same boat as me. Like to uh, Barry Cow, Stephen Clucks, and Brian Cullen would would have been in the same boat. So we just had we didn't care how we won that game afterwards. We just had to get to an All Ireland final. It didn't matter if it was high scoring or low scoring to us. And we just suppose we just extra from our memories after we had to do a job that day, and we got the job done. Connor. Just with regard to Saturday night, and Alan says the potential for the game to play out somewhat early on, like 2011. Like if Dublin, Dublin since 2014 are a much more patient team than they were then. They obviously, you know, tried to go over the top of Donegal and and it didn't work, and they were pressed up so high that they got cut out. But Dublin seem to be pretty happy now to keep possession of the ball, particularly they've got you know long range shooters, and if they edge ahead early on, I still don't see Donegal kind of coming out of their line to try and take the ball off them so you just wonder if, if it starts like that and Dublin go ahead and they're happy to keep possession around midfield in their own half back line and, and try and invite the press and the press doesn't actually come on from Donegal like we could be in for one of these really eerie kind of spectacles like I remember Dublin Derry in the league last year it was it was a, or Dublin down was it it was a similar game like that and you just wonder whether there's pockets of this match that's going to play out like ultimately while we all know that Donegal could keep Dublin to a low enough score you wonder could they do it while still getting a big enough score to win the game? But you know, there's going to be patches in this match where you know two teams are very much going to be kind of prodding each other, trying to provoke a reaction. And I don't know, you know, which team is going to go away from what they're set up to do in the first I'm, place. I'm not sure Donegal are going to get their hands on enough ball to win the thing. I think like they can hurt them, they can do damage, but I don't think they're going to have enough of the ball. Um, and if they are playing like a long ball in on top of Michael Murphy, even if that's going well. You're still. Are you going to get six out of ten balls that go in? And that's if it's going well. You're not going to get absolutely everything. Yeah, but like you you need a really high yield from from uh, from from your from that tactic. Like you know, and if they're not going to have a lot of ball, that means there's a lot of wastage. I just think they're going to struggle. It's funny because it's a tactic they haven't played yet this year, and like everyone's talking about Murphy going in for forward, we haven't seen it. I don't know if we are going to see it either. And he doesn't look fit. He doesn't look as fit as he has been over the last couple of years. He looks like he's carrying some sort of he knock spent, as well. He spent I a bit of time in against there against it, Cork, didn't it's he? It's tailor made for it now. It's tailor made for it now because now more than people saying, well, Paddy McBrady didn't have a great year until now. Paddy McBrady was playing the Ulster Senior Football Championship until now, so he didn't see the ball. And I think Michael Murphy, it's almost a waste of Michael Murphy to employ him there in the Ulster Championship on the basis that back there he's not going to get a whole lot of room Dublin will give him more room like I mean even the modifications that Dublin have made since 2014 they're still only going to have maybe Keno Sullivan back there and whoever else is marking their men they're not going to have two banks of three and a sweeper in between the two of them so you know Alan was saying it in his column today in the Herald you know Murphy against a mass defence okay you know he mightn't get a whole lot but Murphy against two like he'll, he'll fancy those odds I'd say Alan, do you think part of the problem from a Donegal perspective here is that they don't trust their midfield uh, enough to actually keep Murphy inside, that they're, they're worried about what's going to happen if Murphy is isolated, waiting for ball to come and nothing happens? Yeah, possibly. But I think they have to throw a bit of caution to win like that if they want to win the game. And like 
how much impact does Michael Murphy really have on out around the middle of the field at the moment? Like I think he'd be much better off here. Maybe not for the whole game, but certainly for a period of time that he can get his hands on a few ball. And like Dublin will be happy to see Michael Murphy out around midfield. They won't want him in around the square because they know they they know the damage he can do. And I think himself and himself and McBrady and there is is a real handful. Like as Connor said, there Dublin will only have one extra man back there. They won't have three or four in front of them. So. Like I'd certainly fancy his chance to get his hands on ball and, and do some damage if he's kept in there. But if he's out running around the middle of the field, he's he, he's like he said there, he's probably not maybe as fit as he was a couple of years ago. So he hasn't got that he hasn't got that engine to get up and down and to 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 do to do damage on the scoreboard unless he's playing in full forward. But look, just coming back, look, I think this is the game that Dublin have been preparing for for probably the last two or three years. Like we've worked really hard over the last couple of years playing against blanket defences and I'm sure it's been no different this year that they've they've um they've been practicing for this game and like they will be patient and if you remember in the Mead game they just wound down the clock in the last ten or fifteen minutes because Mead Mead didn't come out Dublin were happy just to take the ten point win and they didn't want to do any more damage. So I think we could see periods on we could see periods on uh, Saturday evening where where it's uh, where it's a bit of a stalemate and Dublin are playing around with the ball trying to tie study goal out. Just on Ryan McHugh because like he is probably he is absolutely the most effective player in the championship this year for Tony Gall. He comes from such a distance back. Like what do you do about him? Because he's he, like he's such a creative weapon, uh, and he's added kind of point scoring to his repertoire as well. Like you don't have you're not going to tell Dermot Connolly or Paul Flynn or Kieran Kilkenny to follow him all the way back. So is it is it, is it up to whoever? is in the zone or whatever it might be the defence that he occupies to take him on or, or what do you do because you, you know I've, I've seen I've seen him being man marked and you see people going in trying to tackle him hard and he'll just blow them off with a, with a, with a change of direction or burst of pace and you've seen people just running alongside him um, shadowing him all the way and I'm not sure you know which one of them actually is the more effective <coughs> Probably a couple of options there he might he might Detail some of the marking wherever he goes, and or when he comes inside the sixty-five to pick him up. But like as you say, he comes from deep, so he creates overlaps in his own in his own half back line. So I think like he's that important for Donegal. I think Jim Gavin might earmark somebody to mark him wherever he goes. Okay, great stuff, Alan. Listen, and he, hey. is that, he is that dangerous too. I think he he he, he is the top player in the championship. Tomorrow, as I said, not just from the Donegal team. I think he's been really really effective. He's really developed in the last couple of years. So he's won that. Certainly take watch. Great stuff. Just in a word, Alan, um, is it Dublin or Donegal for you? Dublin by four. Lovely stuff. Listen, thanks a million for joining us there uh, on the Troyan.